The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Any health advice given, whether general, diet, physical or spiritual, is general only and must be verified by your doctor. If you need medical advice, please consult a doctor. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Health and Fitness Show. I am your host for this evening, Suleiman Rafiq, and we are broadcasting live from the studios of Inspire FM today on Thursday, the 5th of December, 2019. Broadcasting our vibes to Luton and surrounding areas. As always, you can join us on 105.1 FM. As well as that, you can listen to us via the Inspire FM website. And if you prefer to watch as well as listen, you can do so via Facebook. Go onto our Facebook page and click on the live link. So as you'll be aware, every week we look to cover a different health-related topic and today we'll be speaking about menopause and midlife women's health. Hopefully this will be of interest not just to women but to men also and um, it will be insightful and um, informative. I know this is a topic I've only very recently learned about and I found it really helpful to, to understand more about this as well. So I'm delighted to say that we have some some expert guests uh, with us. Um, we have not one but two doctors who will be joining us this evening uh, on the phone and we also have a public health uh, specialist as well. So I'm just going to start by asking Elizabeth to introduce herself. Um, I'm Elizabeth Bailey and I work at Luton Borough Council's public health team and I'm also a lady of 54 who knows a little bit about this topic. Fantastic and uh, I know that you, you, you you're, you've been championing it and you know championing training uh, within workplaces as well. Definitely have yes. Yeah absolutely so it's, it's really great and it's how I uh, kind of came across mm-hmm. it so I'm indebted to you for <laughs> indebted to you for that. Uh, in addition we should also have guest on the line. Uh, can you hear me? We're just arranging for that now, so bear with us with that. So, Elizabeth, just before we um, get into the um, details of today's show, can I start by asking uh, a general kind of public health question in regards to why is it important to raise awareness about topics like menopause? Well, I think it's a topic that um, for a long time people have been a little bit shy about, a little bit embarrassed about. But it's, it's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's a normal part of a woman's life. It potentially has an impact not just on her, but her partner and her family. Um, and it's something, although there are parts of it that are quite very personal, there are also parts that are, it's just about being practical. Uh, and um, it's about helping women move to another stage of their life. Uh, in a comfortable and healthy way. So it is very, very important. And uh, with menopause often come a lot of 
symptoms that can make a life a woman's life a little bit more awkward or difficult but can be managed and can be accommodated in the workplace for example much better fantastic thank you very much for that and hopefully now we should also have uh, dr nigat arif on the phone assalamualaikum Assalamualaikum. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you so much for giving up your time to to be with us. Um, I know you've done a huge amount in this area, and it's a real honour and pleasure to have you on the show. And um, just take this opportunity to thank you for all the work that you have been doing. Uh, we, you know, we've been following it here in Luton as well. Um, so it's great to great to have you on the Health and Fitness Show. I know you've been on various other Inspire FM shows, uh, okay. but I think it's the first time on the Health and Fitness Show. So thank you very much for giving up your evening to be with us. Uh, Nick, just for people that haven't heard of you before, can I just ask you to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is uh, Dr. Nigat Arif. I'm a GP in Buckinghamshire. I specifically work in Amersham and Beaconsfield. And I have a specialist interest in women's health. Um, and a part of that is spun off into um, treating women with the menopause. I typically look after South Asian women, so women from a Pakistani background who speak Punjabi or from a Meerpur background. And uh, um, there's a real lack of knowledge and education and awareness of what the menopause is and the health implications that can derive from that. So I try and do, I'm trying to raise awareness uh, amongst my Pakistani ladies with that. Fantastic. And just as we were saying in the intro there, I think what's helpful as well is that um, for men as well to be aware of the different symptoms and signs and how that impacts on women in their lives and, um, you know, as a community, all of us being more aware about this um, is, is, is really helpful. So I'm also uh, going to ask our last guest, Dr. Sarah Bull, just to introduce herself and explain a little bit of her connection to the topic today. Hi there, um, thank you for inviting me on your show. Um, so I'm Dr. Sarah Ball, I'm a GP, and I, um, like Miguel, also have um, a keen interest in women's health, and um, I work in um, a menopause clinic, um, Newton Health Menopause Wellbeing Centre, which is up in Stratford-upon-Avon, and I too am extremely passionate about trying to um, uh, encourage all people, uh, women and men, to, to know more about the menopause and to... Um, and to uh, you know get talking about it that's great thank you very much for giving up your evening to be with us before we go any further i'm just going to invite our listeners to get involved and you can do that by calling 01582 or you can text or whatsapp us on 0779 that number again 0779 and as I said at the beginning we're very fortunate today to have three expert guests so they're more than happy to take your questions and it does really help the quality of the show when people do get involved and we've had a lot of involvement over the last few weeks so please do kind of keep that up so the first question is without doubt the most important one um, and that is what is the menopause so Nigga, if I may I'm going to start with you so the menopause is sometimes called a change and in different languages it's a, in Punjabi it's known as a in Urdu it's known as Banji so there are different words for it. Menopause is by definition is when the woman stops menstruating so her menses stops and that's typically between the age of 45 to 50. The national average of stopping period in this country is about 53. But we do know that there's something known as perimenopause 
about up to 10 years before where the estrogen and the progesterone fluctuate. So women can have symptoms, but still she's menstruating. And then there's something known as postmenopause. So that's one year without a period. So it's one year, one day without a period. And then the woman is known as she's in the postmenopausal phase. Um, and it's really important to understand that there are three, they're not so distinct, but they can flow into each other. There's various terminology that gets banded around. But menopause is typically the woman stops menstruating. Great, fantastic. Um, apologies, I'm not sure we're getting a little bit of background noise from one of the calls. So uh, just oh, if there's any possibility. I do apologise. <laughs> I know what it's <laughs> like when I'm working from home. I have the same. I have the same problem. Uh, so. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. It's no problem at all. It's no problem. So as I say, I'm very used to it. I'm on conference calls with uh, colleagues and uh, my little ones uh, in the background. Um, but it'd be very, very pleased to have you and and your little one. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, the minute I get on the phone, typically he's going to make a lot of noise, so he's uh, trying to hoover the house. Ah, fantastic. <laughs> he's, he's doing a good job. <laughs> and can I just clarify, um, you mentioned the age range is there, but does the menopause affect every woman? Or, or, or does it not? Well, yeah, every woman that has a period, she will go through the menopause. Um, but menopause, we realise, can happen at any age. So there's something known as um, ovarian failure, primary ovarian failure. So that's, um, unfortunately, some women's ovaries stop producing the various hormones that are necessary. And therefore, that can happen in younger women. So any age, I think the youngest in this country is 15 years old. And she's gone through the menopause because her ovaries have stopped working. Um, so that's why I loosely apply ages. I don't stick with it as a GP. It's really important to listen to the symptoms that the woman is describing. Sure. And so it's at that point, I'd like to bring Sarah in, in terms of, can you describe some of the symptoms that you'd experience? Yeah, of course, yeah, and there are so many symptoms, and I think that's what makes the menopause maybe slightly uh, confusing and, and scary to people, um, because the symptoms are so variable, but um, broadly speaking, there's sort of three main groups of symptoms, so there's a lot of physical symptoms, so you've obviously got your, your change in your periods, um, um, many women experience hot sweats and flushes, but also many, many women experience a lot of aches and pains, um, Sort of generalized across their body um, our skin can change we can become very itchy um, our sleep tends to decline and we can become extremely tired um, and then there's also a lot of psychological symptoms and symptoms that affect how our our brain works really um, so women can experience increased mood swings and they can often experience anxiety and depression often for the first time in their life um, and, and the brain can feel very foggy so um, cognitive skills um, that involve things like memory and concentration can become quite poor and so women often lose um, self-esteem and confidence around that time of life and it can affect um, not only their personal lives but, but their work life as well and then there's, there's sort of the third main group of symptoms are the ones that um, many women find more difficult to talk about because it tends to relate more to their sort of intimate physical health and things that affect 
their urinary symptoms and also their genital area, which can cause a lot of distress as well and are really important also to talk about. Sure, and is is it possibly due to these kind of quite serious um, symptoms that there's been an increase in, in awareness, Elizabeth, or an increase in attempt in aware, raising awareness? Well, I think a, a key point uh, I would like to get across is um, the importance of, of understanding in, in workplaces, for example, because uh, a lot of women will... I've spoken to in my own workplace and where we work, Suleiman, uh, during the day, our employee base is 67% women between the ages of 40 to 60. So absolutely this range of, of women. Um, and I've spoken to individual women and they've said they're in, they've, they've been confused by their symptoms, embarrassed by them, and they don't know, they don't have the confidence to talk to their line managers about possible ways of working that might support them, like flexible working or working from home or working in environments where they can open the window to keep a bit cooler and just practical things like that. So I think it's more about understanding why people might be work want to work in different ways or it might affect their work at that kind of age range and being open about it and understanding it and being supportive so that women at that time of their lives can flourish and thrive absolutely uh, so i think someone was trying to come in there uh, no i was just i was just going to add to that mm. because of menopausal symptoms um whether they recognize that that's what their symptoms are due to or not um and that's even even worse about one in ten women actually leave their job due to yeah. menopausal symptoms which mm. for most women at this age are actually at the the height of their career mm. and we are losing an extremely valuable portion of the workforce for no really good reason really just through ignorance really um and so it's it's i think that's a big reason why uh, menopause is getting more and more into the media at the moment um, which is which is great um, but there's a lot more work to do mm. Sure, um, so Nick you mentioned earlier there that there's a particular um, lack of awareness within um, the, the uh, South Asian community particularly and um, so I appreciate you speak a bit of Punjabi so I would just while we're at the beginning of the show invite you to just do a little summary um, in Punjabi just for people that may be listening Thing. Yeah. Apologies, Sarah Elizabeth, because that's uh, all right. I don't know if you speak Punjabi. <laughs> and not so, yet. <laughs> I'll teach you, Sarah. Don't worry. Um, Thank so you. In, in in Punjabi, um, well, there is no word for it. So I think. Um, so I'll just say how I understand it in Punjabi. So, जो आपके listener हैं, जो पंजाबी, जो उर्दू, जो मीरपुरी उगलना करते हैं, उन्हें मैं कहने जा रही हूँ कि हर औरत नो मेनोपोज़ होता है। मेनोपोज़ का मतलब ये जगह ना साइकल जरा दस पीरियड होते हैं, वो खत्म हो जाते हैं। लेकिन जरूरी नहीं है जरा हर औरत में खत्म हो जाना सर पता है जरा कहते हैं कि 10 परसेंट या 20 परसेंट औरतों में नहीं खत्म होता लेकिन उन्हें सिम्टम बहुत होते हैं तो सिम्टम की है जरा उन्होंने पसीना बहुत आएगा उन्होंने रात को पसीना बहुत आएगा उन्हें जल्दी जल्दी खफी हो जाएगी या परेशानी जल्दी हो जाती है जहाँ हो सकता है उन्होंने आखते क्या डिप्रेशन के सिम्टम शुरू हो जाए तो खासकर जो सहरा लेकिन कहने से जरा तो कम कर दिया ना कम तो उनका मुश्किलात हो जाएगा अगर आप तो सो नहीं सक दिया है तो नींद दर्दी वजह तो पीने की वजह तो सुबह तो कम से आखते मुश्किल हो जाते हैं ये बहुत जरूरी है जरी बुढ़िया सा डेट है जब बाल बोल दिया ना वो डॉक्टर को कहें देखे उन्होंने इस वाले सिम्टम होते हैं तो डॉक्टर से जोड़ के ना तो उन्हें समझें जरा मैंने पोस्ट दिया था उसका सिम्टम है 
Thank you. Thank you very much for that. And I understood it. So my mum's going to be really happy. Yeah, I, uh, I can't speak it that well, but I understood it. I understood it well. So, and then just in relation to, obviously, we've been speaking about uh, menopause and um, uh, raising awareness. If we do have now listeners who have uh, related to uh, some of what you've said, yeah. um, can I ask uh, specifically, um, Sarah, what, what, should, what should someone do if they have um, recognised some of the signs and symptoms that we've discussed? I think once you recognise symptoms, it's, it really does help focus a woman's mind, I think. A lot of women sort of um, don't concentrate on themselves, particularly they prioritise maybe other people, family members, and, and then I think maybe something one day uh, uh, sort of piques their interest. And, um, and I think at this point, being able to have some more information now whether that's talking to friends or um sort of you know trusted um uh, uh, family members that you can talk it through with is great just you know to share the issue there's a lot of obviously a wealth of information on the internet these days and some is good and some is bad but there are some very reliable um helpful resources out there now which can be really helpful um we often direct women to um something called the green climacteric score which is a very simple tick box questionnaire and it's got the the principal 21 symptoms of the menopause on there and that can really help focus a woman's mind um and and to try and get uh, information that's sort of um, uh, culturally sensitive to her as well and and to talk to her GP um, ideally I know that's not always the easiest uh, thing in the world in this day and age um, but it can be very helpful at your GP surgery to actually ask at the reception if one of the GPs or practice nurses actually has a particular interest, so somebody like um, uh, Nagat or myself, for example, would you know would be sort of better placed than than um, perhaps some other GPs to have that conversation. So you know, to really urge that woman to seek help, it's not a lot of women see it as an inevitable um, transition that they just have to endure, and that's not the case. And often, the sooner they get help. Um, actually the better it is for their health mm. at the time but also heading yes. into the future. Sure, and Elizabeth uh, Nigger, is there anything you want to add to that? Because it's obviously important. Well, I was, I was going to say, mm. Sarah, I use Sarah's uh, my menopause, uh, menopause doctor website, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. It's, 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 it's a wealth of information on there, um, and actually it's very easily accessible, so you can print off leaflets uh, print about yeah. the different types of HRT, and also there's a section on there that you uh, how to approach the conversation with the GP, because if your doctor isn't uh, trained in the menopause or even women's health and they might not it might not be on their radar as a mm. diagnosis because some of the symptoms are very hodgepodge so they appear at different times and women tend to put them down to life events so uh, you know I'm 40 I'm looking after elderly parents now who've got dementia or my children have gone off to university so it's always put down to a, a, a different reason in their life and um, it's joining those dots together. So I always say to women, please keep a symptom diary and take that along with you. Mm -hmm. um, Menopause Doctor website is brilliant. And the NHS website, it's getting better and better in order to provide information to women. Fantastic. So, you mind if I just add about um, on the yeah. Menopause Doctor website, in the resource section, there are some booklets and actually they're just being yeah. translated into Urdu um, oh. so that we can help more um, cultures. 
um, which is obviously really important. Fantastic. So oh. people can, sorry, Elizabeth. Sorry, so yeah. people can. Uh, no, it's good. Mm. People can uh, just uh, search for what was the website? Sorry. So, uh, www.menopausedoctor.co.uk. Menopausedoctor.co.uk. Yeah. Yeah, there's a wealth of information on there, but resource and booklets, and then they will be soon in different languages on there. Fantastic. Elizabeth? Well, I just wanted to add that it's good if people can talk about it openly uh, in w with their families and in the workplace because it becomes less embarrassing and then people understand better why you might be facing certain things. Uh, in my case, I, I do get absent-minded. I do forget the words for things, which was a bit, bit of a shock to me because I've always been very mentally sharp. Mm. Um, so now if I forget a, somebody's name in the workplace, I can at least I've said to my colleagues, this is... My, the reason why and they will understand mm. and they don't think I'm not very good at my job yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, one of the reasons why I was so keen to um, yeah, discuss this on Inspire was I was watching the YouTube video you did with Diane and you gave um, the case study of the um, the like auntie and she put it down to the stress of looking for a rishta can you just tell us a bit yeah. about that so I come back to that point earlier that I made that women tend to put it on other events that are going on and women at the end of the day, my, in my culture particularly, and I think I can actually generalise to other cultures, Sarah and Elizabeth, you can back me up on this if you like, is that it, the buck always steps on, stops with the woman. Mm. You know, everything's her yeah. fault at the end of the day. But <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's typical. And so what I do is I get ladies who come and see me and they'll say, oh, I'm looking for arranged marriages, which is typically the common practice at the minute. I'm looking for a rishta. My daughter is very well educated, but I can't find a boy for her. I'm so sorry about my child. It's <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keeping us on our toes. <laughs> and, um, and, and typically, it, it's, it, those are the things that it's put down to, or I'm looking after my elderly parents. No problem. Nick, I'm just going to come back. I'm conscious that I, I, want, exactly. I want to give this case study justice. I'm conscious that we're approaching a break, and we've had some questions in as well. So I'm just going to pause just for a second. I'm just going to remind listeners. Listeners? for your messages so far and um, you can text or whatsapp us on 0779481822 that number again 0779481822 we are fast approaching our advert break however I would uh, just like to pick up on a question here from um, a listener uh, it starts off with a statement and then goes to a question so um, good topic it's a taboo subject within uh, Asian community what I would like to know is the effect of menopause on bones. Does it really affect bones and make them weak, more prone to fractures? So thank you very much for the listener for that question. Sarah, would you be happy to pick that one up? Uh, yeah, yes, it absolutely affects our bones. Um, yeah, our bone density is um, very dependent on estrogen. Um, and so our, our bone density is relatively well preserved during our reproductive years and then within about five years of our menopause our bone density does um sort of uh, uh, essentially fall off a cliff um and and um our, our bone becomes a lot less strong so therefore much more likely to break um without too much trauma um and osteoporosis um 
actually affects half of all women after the menopause and um, uh, between one in two and one in three women after the menopause will have a fracture at some point. So replacing oestrogen um, is the most effective way of preventing bone loss and also treating bone loss. Um, so we really shouldn't underestimate the, the power of oestrogen to, to protect our skeleton. Um, Fantastic. And we're going to come on after the break to talk more about because a very um, a listeners clearly listening very carefully because we've mentioned HRT, which is obviously an acronym, and um, not entirely sure what that meant. So what we will be doing in the second half of the show is picking up more around what we can do, um, what, what we can do in terms of what support is available um, and um, etc. As well, I'm conscious Elizabeth wants to come in. I just wanted to say I'm one of those women who can't take HRT because I've had estrogen positive breast cancer so whatever the doctors can tell us about ladies in my position will be very welcome thank you there you go so you've, you've taken the opportunity to ask a question I have yes <laughs> <laughs> what's, the what's the best thing to do it's probably bone strengthening exercise and eating dairy products I guess I don't know but I'll, I'll take your advice on that sure so we will come we will come to that question uh, after the break and just a final uh, shout out for our listeners and just to remind them of the number and uh, uh, it is zero one five eight two four eight one eight two two, and the text or WhatsApp number is o triple seven nine four eight one eight two two. So we've got lots more questions around menopause and its associated complications. What treatment, if any, is available? Um, as I said, talking about HRT, uh, talking about being postmenopausal as well as, a, as a, something to be aware of and uh, where we can get more information. So hopefully uh, Dr. Nigat Araf and Dr. Sarah Ball are, are able to stay with us for the second half of the show. Yes, of course. Fantastic. And so please do stay with us and we'll be back after this short commercial break. Assalamu alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Any health advice given, whether general, diet, physical or spiritual, is general only and must be verified by your doctor. If you need medical advice, please consult a doctor. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to the Health and Fitness Show. We are broadcasting live today on the 5th of December 2019, broadcasting to Luton and surrounding areas on 105.1 FM. If you prefer to watch as well as listen, you can do that. All you need to do is go to our Facebook page and click on our live link. And you can also listen via the Inspire FM website. I'm delighted to say we have had a number of questions uh, we always welcome more and we can also take phone calls as well uh, if you would like to get in touch you can do that by calling us on 01582 481822 or you can text or whatsapp us on 0779 481822 that number again 0779 481822 
So today we are discussing uh, the menopause and midlife women's health in general. Um, Elizabeth, could you just do a little recap around what is the menopause? Yes, as the uh, um, Sarah and Nigat have, have said, it's the end of um, women's childbearing years, basically, when the menstruation ends and uh, they're no longer able to have children. And with that come a lot of bodily changes and symptoms um, that can be quite marked uh, and uh, a woman might need support to, to help deal with. Fantastic. And what I should have done is ask you to reintroduce yourself. For oh, I'm Elizabeth it. Bailey. I'm from Luton Borough Council's public health team. And I'm a lady of 54 years old who uh, knows what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, who has some personal experience of the matter. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And uh, if I could just ask uh, Dr. Nigat Arif to introduce herself. I'm Dr. Nagat Arif. I'm a GP in Buckinghamshire uh, with a specialist interest in women's health. Fantastic. And finally, uh, Sarah? And I'm Dr. Sarah Ball, and I am too a GP with an interest in women's health and particularly the menopause. Great. Thank you very much for giving up your evening to be with us. Uh, I'm conscious, Sarah, that originally we had only planned for the first half of the show to be about menopause and that I said you would be free at half past six. So if you do need to leave, that's absolutely fine. That's fine. I could talk about the menopause for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. You're in good company. <laughs> so um, what I would like to do is just because listeners have taken the time out to uh, WhatsApp some questions in and I know Elizabeth had a question as well. So we'd yeah. just like to do the questions kind of quick fire style. Yeah. Elizabeth, do you just want to repeat your one? I think we need to maybe talk a little bit about the role of HRT, and I'll leave that to the doctors. But I wanted to ask a question. They might want to answer it with that section of questions about what women who cannot take HRT might do to best help themselves. Sure. So let's start with that. So, Sarah, can you just explain what HRT is? Yes, of course. So um, HRT stands for Hormone Replacement Therapy, and it, it does what it says on the tin. So it's a way of replacing the hormones that our ovaries are no longer making in at all or in sufficient quantities. Um, and uh, it's the, for all women, it involves replacing estrogen, which is a hormone for which we have receptors all over our body. Um, and for all those women that still have their womb, so in other words, women that haven't had a hysterectomy, it also involves taking a hormone called progesterone, um, which helps to protect the lining of the womb. And um, although it is a medication, it's a prescribed medication, um, I think we do have to look at it as exactly what it is. It's a replacement. So in the same way as... Um, uh, people that have a, a, an underactive thyroid or may have diabetes, um, we give them prescribed medication to replace the hormones that their body has abnormally stopped making. Um, HRT really is, is akin to, to those things. So it's just replacing what uh, the body stopped making. Thank you. Thank you very much. extremely effective. Uh, I think that's probably what actually one of the most important points is actually it's very effective at helping the symptoms and improving a woman's quality of life at the time but crucially what a lot of people don't realize is how helpful it is for their future health at protecting things like their bones but also their blood vessels so it can um, it, it dramatically reduces our risk of future health things like heart disease and dementia and diabetes and, and things like that. Great and uh, Dr Arif is there anything you'd like to add on HRT including like non-oral HRT? Well 
Well, uh, Dr. Sarah Ball has actually covered a lot of it. What I was going to say with HRT is there's this real fear-mongering that comes with HRT. People think that I can't have it because of uh, studies that have been done, which have been proven to be flawed studies. Um, HRT is linked with breast cancer or clots or strokes and heart attacks. Actually, those studies have been re-looked at and we realise that that isn't the case because women suffer more detrimentally without HRT. As Dr. Ball was saying, their future health um, is now playing a bigger role in regards to risks and benefits of HRT. For example, Pakistani women cover up a lot more. Um, I wear uh, the abaya and I wear a hijab as well. So I do cover up and I don't get enough sunlight. Um, and I know that when I go through the menopause, 10 years down the line, I, I will be at high risk of getting osteoporosis and fractures. And we are seeing that more within Asian women because they are denying themselves or doctors are denying them HRT because of this misinformation around the risks. These risks have to be stratified to each woman. Each woman has to be looked at as an individual and then decided whether it's going to be beneficial for her or actually whether the risks are too high and it's not. And that is where we're missing that link at the minute. HRT is a fantastic uh, treatment. And as Dr. Ball was saying, you wouldn't deny a diabetic insulin. Why would you deny a woman who's suffering the symptoms and her long-term health by saying to her, no, you can't have HRT? I'm quite interested in this because because I've had estrogen-positive breast cancer, my doctors won't prescribe HRT to me. Um, so yeah. I, I, you know, it's something I'd like to understand better, to be honest. So each woman has to be seen as an individual and you have to look at, the um, estrogen receptors, what are her risks? So mm. I have patients who have had estrogen receptive uh, cancer but still choose to go on HRT really? because okay. of the side effects and the benefits that they're getting. So it's really hard to answer your question in a yeah. succinct way, Elizabeth, because mm. we have to look at your other risk factors. Are you a smoker? What is your no. weight like? Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say. <laughs> do not, on, not on air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not for you, but I'm just saying, if you were in my clinic, this is what I'd be looking at. Sure. I've got to look at your overall health right, uh, and not just be focused on one thing. Wouldn't you agree, Dr. Ball? Absolutely, yeah, I completely echo that. I also um, see a lot of women that have had um, oestrogen uh, receptor positive breast cancer and yeah. um, again we have a very uh, individualised consultation and um, mm. certainly the knee-jerk reaction should not be to give HRT but um, it's a woman's right to choose and it's our role to give the information both for HRT and against HRT and actually mm -hmm. uh, due to all the media fear that we've experienced over the last sort of two decades a lot of misinformation has been extrapolated and actually if you go into the depths of the evidence there is no hard and fast evidence okay. to suggest yeah. that mm -hmm. taking HRT after estrogen positive uh, receptor positive breast cancer actually increases your chance of recurrence. I don't know if you've come across a book. There is a fantastic book called Estrogen Matters, which was mm. written by um, Professor Blooming, who's an American okay. um, oncologist. Um, and it's a fascinating mm -hmm. read about everything that we do and don't know about estrogen and actually that a lot of our practices that, that make us fear breast cancer and, and mm. how to treat women uh, with HRT in general, but also those women that have had breast cancer, actually is very outdated and really? paternalistic mm. and is mm. not involving the patient in the decision. So it does depend on lots of things like whether you have problematic symptoms or mm. whether you're looking at future health protection. Mm. 
and you know the details of your cancer and when it was and what type of and all those sorts of details but actually a proper individualized lengthy consultation with somebody that has an interest yeah can be you know really important so i mm-hmm. think you shouldn't just have consider the door completely closed no that's quite and interesting on the back of, i just want to say on the back of what dr ball has just said we know that hrt given in different modes so for example uh there are different ways of taking estrogen it's not always a tablet mm-hmm. you can have a gel you can have transdermally a patch um and the risks uh, are different uh, or lessened compared to which mode you decide to take. Sure. And those are the other things that we need to be getting across to women. Uh, you could have oestrogen just as a gel. It, it doesn't have to be a, a tablet. So you can have oestrogen mm-hmm. as a patch. And those are the things that women don't seem to be fully aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, if, if a woman has uh, problems with uh, sort of genital atrophy, um, using yeah. localized oestrogen is completely safe in almost every patient that's had yeah, even with breast cancer, cancer. Yes, that's you yes um and that's usually restricted for many women and that can be life-changing for women so mm-hmm. i think sometimes it's really trying to just um uh, uh, sort of pursue a specialist and and um you know make sure that all the options have been explored Sure. And that in turn has also answered uh, one of the other questions that we had, which was a more general question around um, someone had heard that, um, oh, sorry, I have heard people who are scared to use HRT due to the risk of cancer. So I think we've clarified that those mm-hmm. are flawed studies. Mm-hmm and um yeah. yeah that's that okay and the other question is um so we spoke about the symptoms of menopause in the first half of the show and the, this question is how long do the symptoms last so i'm gonna i, I, I think i know the answer but i'm gonna ask the question because <laughs> it's been asked of us so um dr nigga arif can i start with you uh well, I hope Dr. Ball will agree with me. It varies completely from woman to woman. Mm. Um, so, so we have um, so one in four. We say will sort of sail through. I hate that thing. Will sail through the menopause and have a few symptoms. Um, then two out of those four women will get some varied amount of symptoms from hot flushes, memory fog, depression type symptoms, irritability, aches and pains, maybe some itchy eyes. Um, and then one in four will feel. Up Absolutely, horrendously, and under the verge of she'll feel possibly suicidal. Um, and how long the symptoms go on for? Well, I've got 70, 80-year-olds who still get hot flushes, or they still get uh, memory fog or exhaustion, and various different types of symptoms. Uh, I would, from my clinical experience, it, it varies so much from woman to woman. Mm. And I, I, personally, I hadn't appreciated... The, the the two in four and then the one in four in terms of the impact that it's having i didn't quite appreciate yeah. it was that profound um so 75 percent. yeah i mean i, I when uh, sorry uh, i'm cutting across somebody but we've run workshops at our place of work at the council and part of developing those were we we spoke to women in the council about their experiences and i must because i haven't suffered too badly i don't think um, but I've met colleagues and they opened up to me and I was absolutely astonished by what they'd experienced. Mm. Um, very, very profound symptoms. N- not, and in some cases, they didn't really understand what was going on at all uh, for various reasons. Um, 
uh, and it, you know it does it shows you it does vary an enormous amount mm. and the men in the in the relationship they will also say who don't really understand what the symptoms mm. are like uh, or what the what their partner's experiencing because the woman that they love and adore is changing and she has changed and it, it's gradual it's like a drip drip effect so they'll say she's a completely different person or she's changed as soon as she hit her 40s so and that actually affects the men's health so they get stressed high blood pressure risk of diabetes particularly in the ethnic minorities that I mm. deal with. So mm-hmm. you can't just see the woman as an individual. You have to look at, it's affecting her partner's health with it. And uh, even if I could take that further in terms of if, if um, you know, if it's affecting your sister or it's affecting your mum or it's affecting, you know, I think it's, it's it, it, you know, it's just that, just one of the reasons why we're so keen to talk about it mm. is just that awareness around what is going on, like you were saying. And when people are aware of, of this, then they're more... Um, when I first spoke to you, Suleiman, mm. in the workplace about it, the look on your face was a picture, you know. You know, I didn't want to know anything about this. But, I mean, you, it's it's benefited, hasn't you? Thinking about it is, it, it is beneficial to do that. Sorry, Doctor, if you wanted to come mm. in there. I was just going to say, there's a cultural attitude uh, to downplay it. So my mm. South Asian women, they, they will always say to me, this is something that only happens to European women. <laughs> my own mother, hmm. I'll tell you a story, a funny story. I, I came, my mum, she won't mind me telling you this. She's going through, she's 56, so she's going through the menopausal symptoms. And I came home and I said to her, Mum, I think this is what you're suffering from. Bearing in mind, I'm a GP and I do women's health and I do menopause at work. And she said to me, no, this is only something that Gordia go through. And I, hmm. my jaw hit the floor. I was absolutely shocked. And I said to her, this isn't something that European women or white women just go through. All women go through this. But there's this cultural notion that this isn't something that affects us. And then on top of that, there's this notion that, well, go to Pakistan, stand in a 50-degree heat, you'll know what a hot flush is. (laughs) (laughs) Their their range of what a hot flush is and how that experience Do you see, their experiences life are so different so getting a hot flush in the uk is nothing compared to a heat wave in pakistan <laughs> sure. and i think that's that that mm. also brings in the thing that um hot hot and flushes that are the um well they're the commonest um symptom um certainly in the the white population i think um in mm. the asian population the joint aches and pains are also yeah. kind of up there with, with the commonest symptoms but Many women, or certainly women that come to our clinic, um, they suffer the hot sweats and flushes, but they can deal with them. What they often are struggling more is the psychological symptoms, the reason why they don't feel themselves when they're shouting at their um, their family and, and they're struggling at work. Um, mm. But And many women hear that, that, you know, well, I'll, I'll put up with the hot sweats and flushes, I'll soldier on and they'll, they'll finish eventually. But actually, what another thing that many people don't know about is that actually hot sweats and flushes actually aren't good for you, um, mm. and that we know that those women that suffer the most with those sorts of symptoms actually go on to have more heart disease and osteoporosis really? and diabetes yeah. than women who don't suffer the hot sweats and flushes. So there is no medal for putting up with them. Um, mm. It would actually be far more sensible to try and tackle them um, because that's better for you in the long run. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was just going to chip in there. For my little story. <laughs> oh, you, you've got it. 
Uh, I, I was just going to say it's not all bad uh, is one thing. And, we, and you were talking about psychological symptoms. And speaking as somebody who throughout my childbearing years had mood swings associated with my menstrual cycle, they stopped with the menopause. And that was an absolute boon as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Oh, it's a Jewish event. I mean, a lot of women in the, uh, in the South Asian community, they celebrate it, particularly yeah. as a cultural actor, because now they don't have periods. They can go to the mosque without any restrictions. Mm-hmm. They can participate in Ramadan. They can participate at yeah. weddings, at funerals. And it's actually really a joyous event. And yeah. um, some aunties that I know have, like, uh, menopause parties. <laughs> and it's, I didn't have one of those. <laughs> You missed out, Elizabeth. Yeah, I'll have it's, another, it's another one. It's great because there's a, uh, there is an, uh, an awakening amongst uh, particularly millennials, I would say, so women in their 30s, 40s, who are understanding from an ethnic back, uh, background mm-hmm. that it's it's something that they need to be explored, but be aware of the long-term health implications and not be too frightened that they stop their cycle because on mm-hmm. the flip side, it's almost seen as now that the woman can't childbear, She's useless, and typically, unfortunately, in some cultural factors, the man might be able to take another wife mm. if he wants more children. And so, those cultural practices still do play a massive role. And I just want to pick up on, in terms of, because um, I'm really conscious we're approaching the end of the show, and so the time has absolutely flown by. And I'm just a lot, the health and fitness show. You know, we often talk about various different things, and one of the one of one of the one of the points that often comes up is around actually um, there are things you can do to help you with your symptoms and often it's around physical activity and, and a better diet. But if I could maybe um, start with Dr. Ball in terms of, um, you know, d- does that have any positive impacts in regards to the menopause specifically? Yeah, definitely. So I think, you know, again, the, um, the, the menopause really can be used as an opportunity to sort of reevaluate your your health really for the next sort of, part of your life and so um, diet is really important um, because that can affect um, not only our bones but it's also part of weight control and it can it has an influence on our, our mood and energy levels um, so yeah diet's important we need to think about vitamin D as Nigat said earlier and, and taking a supplement all year round and making sure we're getting enough calcium in our diet as well and if we're not to supplement that as you said, exercise is crucially important. Um, it has all sorts of benefits for our cardiovascular health and our, our bone strength, as well as weight control. Um, and also, we should be looking after our, our psychological health and actually, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, having time for relaxation and meditation and things like that. And, and I just wanted to revisit something which I think is a really important point: is that um, many women can't tackle their lifestyle issues because they are feeling so awful with their menopause. So they may be completely demotivated, they're tired, um, they can't multitask, they can't concentrate, and they've let everything go, and they're often um, maybe uh, indulging in too many sugary foods, they're not exercising anymore, and so they they gain weight, um, and and they, they feel even worse about themselves, they get into a vicious circle, and actually... Things like um, uh, weight gain is actually a far bigger risk factor for breast cancer than HRT is. So yeah. often, by considering okay. treatments like HRT, women then can really pursue a much healthier lifestyle, and therefore they're actually reducing their future health risks, and especially things like breast cancer, mm-hmm. which is what so many women fear when they start thinking about yeah. treating their menopause. Um, 
so yeah there's so many things that can be helpful sure so if i've understood that that's um you, you're really saying about um dealing with the root cause is is, mm. is that a fair summary yeah yeah um so so trying to that, that there sort of used to be a, a sort of a stepwise approach to the menopause that a woman should go off and you know eat wonderful healthy food and you know run marathons every week and if that wasn't helping then come back and we might consider some hormone replacement therapy and actually it doesn't work that way around because if a woman is feeling that dreadful she can't make those changes and often you have to reverse the order and um Re- restore a woman's hormonal uh, balance so that she can then make all the other necessary changes which overall will really help her future health in all sorts of ways sure if that makes sense absolutely and just um again just conscious that we we're, we're running out of time but i just wanted to bring in dr arif here in terms of um you know this is a, an area that you've done a lot of campaigning around and um is there anything you really like to get across to listeners kind of as we're approaching the end yeah, firstly, um, I just want to say thank you for picking such a topic because it's not typically spoken about within the South Asian community and the listeners from Luton and across the UK, so the South Asian women will, or Asian women uh, from a more conservative background will feel, uh, this is great, this is a bit of a liberation. I just want to say to women, please don't be embarrassed to talk about your symptoms. Elizabeth, Elizabeth has said that. There's no shame attached to it at all. It's not your fault. Nothing, you're not no woman has to be perfect all the time and come and see your GP and if I can just say that in Punjabi I'll be so great please please <laughs> that's great thank, thank you. you very much uh, Elizabeth is there anything I think I, I, I'd ask women to be aware that you do have rights as a woman going through menopause in the workplace Completely. and in fact larger organisations are more and more developing menopause policies but it could be if, it, if they don't have one policies around flexible working and reasonable adjustments could help improve your quality of working life that's great and so just kind of in summary as from me is in terms of um for people that would like more information and and just to kind of follow this conversation on forward um sarah i believe a colleague of yours has developed a menopause manual yes so um i am fortunate enough to work alongside um Dr. Louise Newson, who is amazing and is, is all over the media and has done an amazing job at getting menopause spoken about and she's um, uh, just recently released the Haynes Manual uh, mm. of the Menopause um, which is a, a brilliant read, it's really good mm. as a stocking filler um, and it really is very simple, um, short chapters that go through all the different facets of the menopause, how to recognise it and, and the, the things that you can do about it, so that's great. And just another thing that I really think is going to be amazing is um, we're launching an app for women to track their perimenopause and menopause um, and it's um, you can find it on balance-app.com and that I think will be launched in the spring but you can sign up to it now and I think that will go global so that will be in every language Um, and I really think that will be a brilliant source of information for women who otherwise wouldn't talk about it or, or seek help. 
Thank you. And um, Dr. Arif, just in terms of, I know you're, you're quite active on social media. I know I learn a lot from your social media stuff. Can you just share where, what platforms you're on and how people can connect? I'm more than happy to, for people to send me a message or ask me a question. At, so my Twitter handle and my Instagram handle is at Dr. Nagat Arif. Um, yeah, uh, any questions, just please, for all women, uh, don't suffer in silence. I'd rather that you ask me a question. There's no silly questions. And there's nothing off limits that you can't ask me. <laughs> Thank you. That's very kind. And then uh, just lastly, unfortunately, Diane couldn't be with us, but there is the hashtag Make Menopause Matter Facebook page that um, is you worth checking me. out. <laughs> yes, I'm a petition. We're nearly at 100,000 signatures. Yeah, please sign that. It's so important. <laughs> Fantastic. So there's a call to action for every listener to <laughs> sign the petition. Unfortunately, we've got 10 seconds left, so I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank you, uh, all our guests and uh, wish uh, everyone will join us next week. And assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.